Praise the Lord. Good morning. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so happy to be home. (laughs) I had a great trip and I'm so glad I got to go. But there's no place like home. I hope you had a good sleep. I was up earlier looking at some prayer requests in the scoop and seeing a lot of people sick in my church. And that makes me sad for them. I prayed for them. If you've been sick, I'm praying for you that God will heal you quickly and Help you recover, build your immune system. A few years ago, I had to learn to be happy with seed. And we are very used to being happy, rejoicing with the harvest. And of course there's nothing wrong with that. That's exactly how we should be. We should come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Um, But it is, it is a little hard to be carrying seed when you see other people carrying harvest. And I just had to learn to find joy in the seed. And once I did find joy in the seed, oh my goodness, I have found complete joy, complete fulfillment in the seed. And now I get to rejoice twice because I've learned to rejoice over the seed and the harvest. And the seed that I'm talking about is the word of God. Luke 8, 11 lets us know that the seed in the parable Jesus told about where he spread the seed and he did not regard the ground. He did not, uh, say, well, this is stony ground, therefore I'm withholding the seed, or I sense thorns here, therefore I'm withholding the seed. Jesus told the parable of the seed being sown without regard to the ground, just sow the seed. First Peter one twenty three talks about being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. The seed that we're talking about is the seed of the Word of God, the seed of the Spirit of God. And when we find joy in the seed, we will utilize it more often, more freely. We will experience the joy 
of the seed. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 10 says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. That's the outcome of seed for the farmer is bread to eat. And the the insight into seed sowing means you'll never go hungry is joyful in itself. And since we're talking about the seed being the word of God and souls being the ground that the seed gets planted in, then we learn to recognize that when we plant seed in the lives of people, those people end up being a lifelong blessing to us. They end up being, my personal experience is the people that my parents won to God when I was a child ended up being my teachers. They ended up my parents sowed seed in people who became a harvest that our family benefited from. When we went to Sunday school, those were my Sunday school teachers. When we went to SHCA, Soul Cyber Christian Academy, they were the, the staff there, the, the secretaries, the, the bookkeepers, the teachers, the volunteers. When you sow the seed that the farm, that God is providing the farmer, then you eat the bread of the seed you've sown. They will be your best friends. They will be your closest companions for generations. (laughs) It's amazing how God's work is for generations. God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and therefore bread to eat. And in 2 Corinthians 9.10 In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. It's the the increase becomes more, excuse me, the increase becomes more than, than just spiritual. The increase ends up becoming tangible benefits and a great harvest of generosity. (laughs) Once you start reaping the seed, you become so generous in sowing the seed and sharing the harvest. It's an amazing thing. Matthew 13, 8 says, Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produce a crop that was 30, 60, even a hundred times as much as was planted. So when God gives you the seed and he has every day, God gives you seed to sow. You wake up every day with God providing you 
seed to sow. And so when you realize that when you sow the seed, that crop is going to produce 30, 60, and 100 times as much as was planted, then you start sowing, sowing, sowing. You become addicted to sowing. It's the most wonderful, exciting life. Sow, sow, sow that seed everywhere you go. And I have to warn us to be careful to not wait on the perfect time, the perfect environment. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4 says, Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. And if they watch every cloud, they never harvest. A a farmer can't wait on perfect weather. He's got to, or she, they've got to get out there because it's, it's the time, it's the season. It's, I remember, uh, when brother Bubba Hurst, he is still of course a farmer and is involved, but, um, it's my understanding that, that brother Kyle is now, um, carrying the, the greater responsibility of farm work. I'm not positive if I'm accurate in that. I just, that's kind of what I've heard. And, but I remember every touch the future, it's getting near reaping time in May. But if there's too much rain, that's going to be a problem. And so they, we would always be praying about the weather, but he didn't not go work because the weather wasn't perfect. We just prayed about the weather. (laughs) You don't wait for perfect weather to plant your seed. You don't wait for the people to be displaying something that you imagine is the perfect scenario for you to plant seed of God's word in them. You don't wait for perfect weather to sow the seed of God's word. You sow it, you sow it, you sow it. And the way Jesus' parable was told, you sow it regardless of the weather and regardless of the conditions of the soil. Sow it, sow it. Ecclesiastes 11.6 says, In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening Withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper prosper either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. In other words, constantly sow. Sow in the morning and don't withhold your hand in the evening because you don't know, because we are not having regard for the soil, whether it's stony ground or thorny ground or by the wayside or good soil, because we are not having regard for that, we're going to sow in the morning and in the evening, we're going to not withhold our hand because we don't know for sure where that seed is going to take root and where it's going to grow. So we are just going to constantly be sowing 
the word of the Lord. And, and since joy is in the seed, and since God provides plenty of it, so everywhere, sow the seed of the word in your store when you're shopping, sow the seed on social media, sow it when you're getting a pedicure or a manicure, sow it at lunch, sow it at dinner, sow it at your house, sow it at your neighbor's house, sow the seed everywhere you go, sow it in your kids, sow it in your co-workers. Don't let anything withhold you from sowing the seed. And I'm not talking about having an all-out Bible study where you need to sit down and you need to take an hour of their time or or you got to clean the house to to have a Bible study. I, I'm not talking about that. That's wonderful. Do that too. Do, figure out a way to do that too. So in the morning and the evening, because you don't know for sure where the harvest is going to come from. But when you're in the store and, and you encounter a conversation that they are feeling hopeless, the person you're talking to can't see how God is going to do a work. You say, I believe God can. I believe God can help. Just that one sentence is a seed. When, when you're on social media, you're posting a picture of something that you love and you find beautiful. Jesus gave me this. Every good and perfect gift is from above. That That's a seed. When you're getting a pedicure or a manicure and you feel like they did a, a good job, you say, I thank God for you. When you say to someone, I thank God for you, that is impacting to their lives. They barely have people say thank you to them, but that you would thank God, even if, and y'all know I have a lot of friends who are from a lot of different continents, and even if they're of a, of a religion that, that didn't serve God as we do, when I tell them, I thank God for you, that means something to them. When you're at lunch, at dinner, whether that's in a restaurant or, or in your home, sow seed of the word of God. Say things like, oh, God is so good to us. And, oh, God makes yummy squash. And, oh, I'm so thankful that God gave Starbucks wisdom to make this yummy whatever it is y'all drink from Starbucks. <laughs> Obviously, I, I do most of my coffee from the house. I thank God for blueberry coffee. That's what I thank God for. I love my blueberry coffee. In your home, talk about the blessings of God. Oh, look how God's blessed us. Oh, when you flip on the lights, thank you, God, for electricity. That That's a seed that is being sown in your children that you so easily talk about God in your neighbor's house letting them know God sees God cares never stop even with your co-workers I, I know people that are nervous about you know they, they don't feel like they can give a Bible study at their work but you can tell your own experience at work you're allowed to say God gave me peace oh I was so worried last night and uh, I was, you know, you're allowed to say something like, 
I was so worried about how this was going to work out, but I prayed and God gave me peace and I know it's going to work out for the good. You might not can teach a Bible study at your work or at your school, but you can talk about your own experience. You don't have to be preachy. Sowing seed doesn't mean that you lay out all of the theology and you argue your doctrine and their doctrine. That's not what seed is. Seed is the power of life that is in your tongue and you speaking that. A quip is a seed. A small, a small quip. Don't don't ever forget that the stores, the restaurants, the neighborhood that you live in, this is your harvest field. Your harvest field. And and you are responsible for your harvest field. I very purposefully frequent the same places so that I can build rapport with the people that I continually see. I love how my brother-in-law, Pastor Daniel Autry, and my sister Lacey and their kids, they go to McDonald's every morning for a specific kind of coffee and they are very they know that drive through person's name they give that person at the drive through christmas gifts the person at the window has in return given them gifts because the Autry family has very purposefully built a rapport so that when the, when that woman goes through anything if she gets sick if she has a problem with her children or in her family or whatever, she knows she can depend on the Autry family. The Autrys have deliberately let that drive through lady know we are here for you. And to that end, if you're going to see your stores, your grocery store as your harvest field, your restaurants, your neighborhood, you're, you're going to conduct yourself differently. You're not going to uh, be snippy about good customer service. You have the right to ask for good customer service and, and expect it, but your goal at that place is is winning their soul, not their customer service to you. You actually have something to serve them and that is the salvation the gospel of the word of God so if you've got to correct something that is inappropriate in the way they've treated you or or something of course take care of that but do it very politely because they are your harvest field and To that end, in Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, sow to yourselves in righteousness. You're going to sow the seed of the word of God. So do so in righteousness. The outcome of winning the soul 
of a rude waitress or a grouchy manager is that once they are filled with the Holy Ghost, once they've been baptized into Christ and have put on Christ, they become nicer waitresses and managers. (laughs) The entire community benefits from their being born again and being a new creature in Christ Jesus. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, Hosea says. And Hosea goes on in chapter 10, verse 12, reap in mercy. As you reap the harvest, you're going to need to be a very merciful person. The people that you win to the Lord, they don't know how to forgive themselves yet. So you'll need to show them how to let their past go by you yourself letting their past go. Just acting as if their rudeness, their disrespect in the past, their addictions, acting as if it did not exist. Letting it go. Reap in mercy. And since we're talking about this, I'll point out that this is often harder as you reap the harvest of your own family because you know more details about them. But sow to yourselves in righteousness. Be right and you will win them over to right behaviors and then reap in mercy. As you reap them, reap them in mercy. And then Hosea 10.12 says something very important. It says, break up your fallow ground. Break up your fallow ground. Fallow ground is, is ground that at one point was plowed and prepared for a planting, but the field didn't get planted. And it's plowed in these perfect rows, but has hardened. The rain came, the sun baked the ground, life went on, seasons went on. And so the fallow ground is plowed ground that has hardened. Hosea says, break up your fallow ground. And so I take this time to encourage you to go back to those souls that you haven't touched base with in a long time. Break up that fallow ground. The, the field, you, you, you prepared the field before for harvest and, and it just didn't happen. Time has gone by and, and that fallow, that ground has become hardened. Go back to those souls. Give them another text. Give them another call. Hosea chapter 10 verse 12 ends with, For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. It is time to seek the Lord about your seed. It is time that you receive that seed with joy. It is time that 
you recognize every day you are given a fresh batch of seed that has so much power in it. The power in one little seed can absolutely change generations upon generations in a family. One seed. One seed. 1 Corinthians 3, 6. Paul says, I have planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. It takes all of us as the body of Christ. Somebody's got to be the seed sowers. And then after that seed is sown, other people can be watering. Maybe maybe people feel intimidated to, to sow seed. Maybe people don't recognize how to sow seed, but you can water it. And, and we know often that scripture talks about watering with tears. Let God give the increase. Let's seek the Lord for our family. The seeds of goodness that we sow into the, the people we bank with or the, the people we shop with or the, the neighbors we live by. Let's, let's water that seed. Let's cry and weep for their souls. Let's, let's let ourselves, if, if, if we, if we feel non-emotional about the lack of harvest, let's go ahead and let our imaginations go to that worst place of where a soul is going to spend eternity if they don't know God or have God and, and go ahead and get, get, let that picture wake our soul up to the point of tears and weeping so that the seed can be watered. Because when Zion travails, children are brought forth. Pray. Pray for your neighbors. Don't just get frustrated at how unkempt their yard is or how loud they are. Sow seed into them. Sow seed into them. They don't know how to live any better. (laughs) They don't know how to be nice. They don't know how to be kind. They don't know how. But if that seed is sown into them and it takes root, you will change their life. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take time right now and pray over the seed of the word of God. Let's take time right now and let's obligate ourselves and recommit ourselves to sowing seed and to bringing in the harvest. 